Welcome back, friend. Today, we are doing something fun and a little different. I am so honored to be joined again by my friend and TV host personality, Stephanie Gilbert, to discuss the side of beauty that no one is really talking about right now in the entertainment industry. So stay tuned for some juicy insider secrets you don't want to miss. Welcome to Beauty Aside. I'm your host, Gentry Quinn, former high school dropout turned beauty entrepreneur. And each week I'm going to be serving you up some digestible beauty bites and inspiring stories that really flip the script on everything you think you know about the beauty and entertainment industry. Welcome back, Stephanie. Hey, girl. Hey, how are you? I am so good. I am so excited. And I don't know if you know this or not, but now you're actually a regular on the show. Yeah, party dance. I know you can't see me, but I'm fist pumping. (laughs) I totally love it. Like, literally, I don't know if you know this either, but you are our number one listen to guest. Oh, yay. Well, I love your audience already. And I hope they watch the show because you're a regular on my show too, which is so cool. (laughs) I didn't even think about that. That is really, really well, I just want to say to our listeners, if you're tuning in for the first time, when you're done with this show, because I don't want you to go anywhere. I want you to stay tuned (laughs) for this. Um, I want you to do a search for Stephanie Gilbert on my podcast. And then I want you to go for a little walk when it gets cooler in the evening and just enjoy enjoy the show, enjoy the journey because there's so much good goodness and everything that you've given, given us up to this point. And so that's why I'm always so excited when you decide to return. So I appreciate you. I love being on here. You're so good at what you do. So it's so fun to be like on the flip side of things. I love this. Well, okay. Well, we love you. And in our last conversation together, we talked about starting over, but there was one thing that we didn't get to, which was really starting over in the workplace. And I know so many people are going to identify with this right now. So many people have been transitioning, some unexpectedly transitioning into, you know, the unknown And especially since COVID has come in to impact our everyday world as we know it, I was wondering if you could just take us behind the scenes, so to speak, in the studio and tell us how has this global situation, pandemic, changed your work environment at Studio 512 here in Austin? Girlfriend, take a seat, pour a glass of wine because everything has changed for us. Um, I know it has for almost everyone, but working in the TV world, I would have never, ever thought I'd be doing a live TV show from my phone in my kitchen. Um, I am still every day, like just kind of wowed, kind of freaked out, kind of annoyed at times that this is where we're at, but it's been about five months now. I think for all of us, we're on day, you know, 3 million and 64 here, who knows, of closing down shop at the TV station where we had everyday lights, camera, action, teleprompter, a team, um, floor crew, directors, IFBs. We were mic'd up to real microphones. All of that happened. And then boom, one day just out of, you know, I guess it felt out of the blue because we thought we'd just keep trucking along in the studio safely at six feet apart. No guests, but they said, Hey, here's this app, go home, put it on your phone, turn it on and let's do this. And I was like, nah, not going to happen. Like we're not doing a show from home. And if we do, it's going to last, you know, maybe a week, maybe two. Here we are five months later. And, um, from what I hear so far, we're not going back before the end of the year. So the ins and outs of that, I will gladly tell you what that kind of consists of, but oh my gosh, Gentry, it is a different life. Like it, it, sound, it sounds like it. I'm, I mean, I remember seeing those reporters for the first time after the mandatory stay at home orders and thinking like, is she reporting from her kitchen? I mean, mm-hmm. of course now it seems so normal and it, it, because that's what happens when you're exposed to something it starts, starts to normalize. But at that time it felt like really strange and unpolished. And would you say that you're in a rhythm now? Yes, I, I think there is a rhythm and there's, you know, you do the scary things over and over again and they become less scary. However, 
every day we're, we're on an island by ourselves. So as like the show's about to happen, you know, we have our pre-show meetings, we're all on a phone call. I then like haul all the things into where I'm broadcasting from that day. So if it's going to be the kitchen or my living room, or, you know, I've broadcast from my closets, we're doing a closet segment. And also I get bored. So the kitchen seems to be sort of the go-to place now, but routine. Yes. Um, I don't know that I'm ever just going to get used to it because I'm doing everything from like, you know, hauling a big light to bringing a laptop and a phone stand and there's boxes involved. There's nothing pretty about it. Um, and then, you know, doing a live TV show, we're doing segments that people have delivered, you know, goodies for this and that for us to show and tell. So we used to do that all live in studio and folks would bring on their stuff, but now it's a whole delivery system where, you know, we're almost the spokespeople, the experts behind, you know, the businesses that are out there who need to get their stuff on air still. And so we have like my stove, which is right next to me, the stove top has become, I put, you know, a cutting board on it and put all my supplies for the show. I'm hardwired into a laptop and we use an app that has really changed, like, you know, basically on a daily basis with whether we're able to have, you know, live guests dial in, or we're going from our phone or our laptops or what our audio source is. And so when you're, when you're really just, you know, they say three, two, one Q and you're on air, every problem in the book has happened. And I think you just almost numb out to it and sort of realize that you've already tackled all the things that could possibly go wrong. But just when you say that, like something new always kind of develops. So I wouldn't say I'm in the clear where I'm just like chilled out and feel like I'm in a groove, but I know my setup now. I typically know lighting wise, I know what time frames I have to work in, but there's so much chaos that happens in my ear during a live show um, that I don't know that my anxiety level will ever just be like on a flat line of like, I'm cool. This is all fine. Because for instance, today we had a guest whose audio went out, you know, for a minute of her conversation that we didn't know about. And so oh I get, gosh. I get someone in my ear saying, we've lost the guest, Steph, keep talking. And so I have to format in my head very quickly, like, sorry, we've, we've lost our guest, um, but here's a recap of what she was explaining. And then you have to know where you're at within the show. Like if you have a little bit of time left to then bring back someone else or, or recap, you know, um, I guess the rest of the segment when you're listening to about six different people in your ear. So there's a lot that can happen. Like a big train wreck happens every day in my head. Um, however, I have to say like, I'm super proud of you know, my team as a whole, and even myself for being like, well, we're doing TV in a whole different way. And it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be super polished, but it's okay. Like we've adapted, we have jobs. Um, it's kind of fun sometimes, you know, just to be like, wow, this is my home. This is my kitchen. And this is what I do for a living. So I've gone through so many layers throughout this whole thing. And now that I finally know that we're kind of like stuck here a little bit, I think I'm going to start to develop a little bit of a different path. So there's going to be what I'll probably call, you know, phase two for my TV life from home. Wow. Wow. And I know that, you know, our pandemic has impacted a lot of folks emotionally too, right? Because mm -hmm. now they're working from home all day, just like you, uh, but maybe they have kids, their other partners are there, animals are running around for yep. you. And, and, you know, for them, it might be finding like a quiet corner in their home uh -huh. with an outlet, but for you, you know, insert cameras, equipment and light. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, I mean, can you, can you give us any tips that maybe you've learned for trying to juggle or balance I, that word? I'm always a little, uh, uh, I'm always skeptical of the word balance, mm -hmm. but can you give us any tips for trying to juggle like the home and work life since you've kind of been thrown into it full force with not just animals and your husband, but also <laughs> all of these additional things. Yeah. So honestly, I'm, I'm no, you know, 
master at this because I have not mastered balance, but I have learned that, you know, from being home, there are different things that I will have to step away from to go and like fill me up again a little bit. So from, I've kind of done my schedule where I get up and now I get to feed the dog straight away. We go out, we play catch in the yard. And while we're playing catch, I tend my garden. So I'll water my garden, which you know, I've grown since we've been in quarantine. I was never a gardener before. So my morning routine is like coffee, catch, garden. <laughs> and that just sets up my day. So before I turn on a computer, before I check my email, before I get back to the many texts who've, that have already come through from my team, I take that 30 minutes to just kind of start my day away from the office. So that is not office time yet. And I make sure that that happens every single day. And then from there, you know, I'll feed the dogs. And then I come in to my computer, which I have in like my living room right now. So sort of my workspace is in my living room. And I'll start looking at our show rundown. And, you know, we're writing web stories. We're checking scripts. Um, I'm getting back to emails and things. So I am kind of allocating time, which has been really helpful just to like, make this time mine, then make this time work time. And so I'll do that to the point where the thing about TV, and I think a lot of people who have to be, you know, in meetings and on Zoom calls and things, is then you have to get yourself ready still. You still have to, you know, be somewhat presentable for the day. For me, I know exactly how long it takes for me to have to step away and do hair and makeup. So I sort of take that time to, again, step away from work. So I'll get you know, a little bit of the computer stuff done, then I know I need the 45 minutes, which is longer than probably most people because I've got to be on camera. So I'll give my 45 minutes to like, I've actually even changed bathrooms because I was sort of sick of one getting ready in one all the time. So <laughs> I went to our guest bathroom and I set up my whole system there because sometimes, you know, my husband's still sleeping when I'm getting ready. I want to sort of get out of our bedroom and go to a different spot. I turn on a podcast. So while I'm getting ready, I then shut down from work again, because this is, you know, even though it's for getting work, it's still get my mind off of work stuff because I've got a lot of that coming at me again. Um, so I will take that time to just sort of listen to a podcast while I get ready. So it makes me feel a little bit of an escape. Uh, still in the morning. After that, we go back, you know, it's full on show stuff. So I know we have our show meeting, then um, I'm bringing in lights and I'm cleaning up whatever mess is kind of in the kitchen. I am calming the dogs because they've got to be outside. They know now mommy's work time and they're like out in the garage. So we've sort of separated them. And so during the show, like during my main work hours, it is all work. You know, it's, I go for it. And then we do get a lunch break sort of now we get a break in between the show and our first meeting where they're not scheduling Skype. So they kind of call it our lunch break. So during that time, I do take another break from work and I'll go back outside with the dogs and throw the ball, go to my garden, look around, you know, just kind of take a minute um, and not be doing work stuff. So every like couple of hours within my day, I'm trying to break away to a different portion of the house, which for me has really been stepping outside um, and just not doing the work stuff. And then I'm back on, you know, for my meetings and then we do client Skypes and things. So I typically am on camera on my computer doing, um, you know, segments and things all the way until about three or four in the afternoon. And from that point, it's done time. So there has to be a shutdown point for me. Um, I'm most creative at night. So sometimes I'll, I'll see something on Instagram or something and, and plan a segment via Instagram at night. But for the most part, being on my computer, sitting at my workstation, um, you know, cleaning up all of my stuff in the kitchen and stuff, I'll get that done as soon as I'm done with my Skypes and I will shut down for the rest of the night and I'll just know that whatever I have to handle for the next day has to be done within that work time after my dog's gardening and coffee the next morning. So I've really made a big effort to kind of section out my day and try and get away from work, even though I'm in my workspace. And that doesn't mean like, I still have, you know, lights in my hallway that I have to walk past. Like I just have to kind of be okay with the fact that 
this is now my home studio. It's my office. It's where the deliveries happen. Um, and just kind of put my blinders on to all of that and keep it as sort of clean and organized as possible from work stuff to just being able to relax at home. So there, those are kind of the tips I'd have on being able to step away, but still be within this same space. Because honestly, I would go nuts if I wasn't stepping away to go in the garden, knowing like, I'm not bringing my phone out to do emails and things during that point. You know, I'm just with my dogs, with the garden, whatever, whatever is sort of your shut down time, even if it's going on a walk or something. And then typically Gentry, if I'm really like needing to just get out and about, I'm going to go on a walk, listen to my podcast after the show at some point, or I'm going to drive to Target or I'm going to go to the grocery store. Like there's always got to be a little bit of a get out of the house element, whether it's being outdoors or just driving somewhere. So that's sort of how I've kept my sanity. And it's... It's kind of working. <laughs> it's got to work. work. It's got to work. We have no choice. It has to work. I'm because I'm identifying with so many things that you're saying. So I know that everyone listening is, is going to like identify with this in some way, talking about working from home and how, you know, this is now your place where you have things delivered to you and you know, mm-hmm. our boutique here and at my home spa, yeah. all this kind of stuff. But you gave us so many important golden nuggets and I'm going to try hard not to miss them. Uh, but you know, one thing you mentioned was, you know, routines and structure and how important those are. And I think that, mm-hmm. you know, you have your coffee, your cat play catch with the doggies and the garden. And by the way, your dogs are so cute. My dogs really <laughs> have no boundaries, no boundaries at all. Like I, I can't, oh. Your dogs sound amazing. Um, but just like you, how I you- have you feel- fooled, Gentry. They're- oh, well, if they, <laughs> if they have any respect for you, then <laughs> my dogs are They've like. They've gone through training where they have to, but they have so much energy and they are nonstop. So there has to be a line in the sand. Otherwise, I would again go absolutely nuts because they're, they're like running around circles on me. So it's, it's not a. It's, it's not a peaceful situation. I know your dogs are like, they're quite lovely to just lay there. Mine just don't lay there at any point. So, okay. Well, we'll, we'll leave it at that. We'll just say fair enough. You know, my animals, so we'll say fair yes. enough. But I mean, I, I don't want to go, I want to go over these gold nuggets because they're so wonderful talking about the structure and the importance of the morning routine. And I love how you compartmentalize things. You're like, okay, the, this morning time is me time. And I think that's so important for people, everyone out there listening to understand that now you are working from home, whereas before you were leaving the house. So mm-hmm. it's so essential that you compartmentalize your time and separate, like, just, just take like little moments to, you know, wake up, get your mind dry, whatever that means for you, coffee, catch and garden, but whatever it may mm-hmm. somebody else is like listening to their podcast, like you mm-hmm. said. So they're, th- that's what I do when I'm in the bathroom. I like have this whole like, experience. I'm I, mm-hmm. I lock the door, even though no one's coming in. Yeah light the candle. And I listen to a podcast. It's just so that my mind is relieved of everything else, all of the work inside of the house that everyone's experiencing, just like you explained, or I'm like, I have to, I have to run an errand. Let me go to the grocery store with you because I mm-hmm. have to get out of the house. Like I think these mm-hmm. are so important or I'm the only person out there in my neighborhood walking at two o'clock in the afternoon. People are like, what in the world is wrong with that? <laughs> and I'm like, I've got to do a lap. I've got to get out yeah. of the house. So I think that that is a really, really important golden nugget that you shared with us taking breaks. You mentioned every couple of hours, stepping aside or stepping outside. Very, very important guys. Um, And also just being able, as I mentioned, to compartmentalize as you've described in so many different ways, your morning and your afternoon and your break time, and then your shutdown time. Um, I think those are really, really great tips. So thanks for sharing those with us. Now, I know that you are on a different playing field right now. And I also know that you are a people person. So mm-hmm. I've got to ask, how do you energize now without those physical connections? Like, where do you get your energy from? 
Uh, honestly, it's, it's been a big transition because you're right. Like my show energy used to come from greeting our guests in the green room and getting excited about what we were about to do. And then you're live on air and you're, you know, around a bunch of people and that's been my day-to-day life. But I think because the quick transition into from being like people person around guests to having to handle a lot of technical stuff really made me focus in another direction in the beginning where it was like, I didn't have time to, you know, be like, Oh, I'm missing the energy of the guest because I was getting, maybe it was a stressed energy, but it was an energy from being like, well, your audio might go out. And if it does do this, your camera is not connecting. Stephanie, we're four seconds to air. Try this real quick. You know, there's a lot of different things that have been going through my mind and I've learned and I've grown every day. So nothing I'm doing is stagnant. So I'd have to say in the beginning, it was like, yeah, just getting on the air and learning a new process and understanding like, I really have to listen to people now instead of just interact with visual cues. And so I was activating a completely different side of my brain. And now that I'm a little more comfortable with all of that, I'd say because we incorporate, even though it's virtual, we incorporate so many different elements to the show where I'm doing um, Skype interviews with clients. I am doing some field segments here and there, and then I'm interacting with my whole team and then with Rosie for an hour during the show. And now just recently, we've been able to bring on live guests as well to join us again, virtually, but you're still talking them through the segments. You're still, you know, learning about their business. You're still doing interactive show and tell. So there is still the element of corresponding with people on a very regular basis. And if I'm honest, I am speaking to more people now and connecting, you know, probably for longer periods of time and even deeper in conversation because we have to, like we are on way more meetings. I know my team way better than I did before. I have time for my clients when I'm on a Skype call. Um, you know, I talk to friends and it's to the point where I'm a little or a lot exhausted by the end of the day. So I couldn't put in people face-to-face time right now anyway, for the most part, if I wanted to. So oddly it is, it's a, it's an okay balance. Like I'm, I'm mentally exhausted by all of the interactions by the end of my workday every day. And I miss face-to-face with people, but honestly, it's, uh, it's just something where, I haven't lost the energy that I used to have. And that was a huge fear going into this because I just thought you're going to sit me at home by myself, like might as well die. (laughs) Like I'm not, this is not, you're not going to have fun with me on TV. Like, you know, kill me off the show. Basically it was like, not, that is not a good thing for my spirit. And in fact, that's not right. Like I, I actually adapted somehow and I didn't even have time to think about it. So now, like you asking me this question, I guess that's that's sort of been the development of my interactions with people and where I guess even my show energy comes from. It's still exciting to welcome a guest onto the show. It's still nerve wracking that we might lose them in the middle of it. Like there's there's still a lot that's going on behind the scenes. So at some point in the very near future, I hope I will get to be back in a studio and you know, some point within the next year, hopefully we'll be able to have guests that are live. But until then, I think, um, I think I've just been making the best out of what I have. And honestly, it, like a lot of people, probably it's, it's exhausting, like doing this in a different way. You are talking to people, you are interacting still. So I'm good. (laughs) Well, that is so interesting to party on the weekends anymore. You know? Yeah, I, d- I definitely did not expect that answer. I don't know what I expected, <laughs> but I definitely didn't expect that about mm-hmm. the interaction actually being heightened and being able to talk to more people mm-hmm. in the same amount of time because you're not, you're not doing the physical stuff and how, how exhausting that can be. I mean, so mm-hmm. it's not as if you're sitting there at the end of the day with all of this leftover energy that needs to, you know what I mean? That you need to get rid of. You're actually working more than ever. Um, it's so interesting. It's like such a, an interesting behind the scenes thing for me to 
learn. And, you know, I also want to talk about the beauty of being in front of the camera all the time while we're on this topic, because I think so many people right now, whether they're forced to do it, doing it, or whether it's a choice that they're making to be, you know, put themselves out there in front of the camera. I know from personal experience, it can be really nerve wracking, like hitting that live button for the first time and your heart starts racing. If you're not used to it, mm-hmm. you know, are people yeah. going to tune in? Are they going to watch? What if I mess up? What do I do? Like people, you know, I know that so many people are feeling this way just because of the climate and the way that, that jobs are shifting and we're having to put our face in front of the camera because we cannot physically be with those same people every day. So I want to talk about that for a minute. Um, And I know that we've talked about this a little bit in the past. So I do encourage people to go and listen to the, the past, uh, you know, shows that we've done together because we talk more in full about this, but today, because I feel like it's relevant, I want you to talk us through it again. Um, You know, what happens when people freeze up and they've made a mistake? What kind of tips could you give to them um, just to make them feel better about putting themselves out there? Sure. So this is such a a great question and it's, it's so brave of, I think anyone right now to put themselves out there in general, because it's hard. It's hard for a quote unquote professional to be on camera every day, not knowing what's going to come at them or if they'll say the right thing or how to go on when you mess up, because it's not easy. So first of all, give yourself grace, girlfriend. Uh, I mean, it's, it sounds simple. It's not simple to give yourself grace, but you got to like, you will not get through. Otherwise you're going to obsess over every little thing. So there's a period I think in everyone's being of just being hesitant to say, we're going live. Like, Oh no, the energy comes, the nerves come and you, you start to jumble over. What if I do mess up? And my suggestion would be mess up, like let yourself mess up and be okay. You're going to have to laugh at yourself. It is embarrassing. It's going to like, there are things that'll happen in a show where Rosie and I will be embarrassed about and talk about for days on end. And we are supposed to be professionals. So it is, it's okay that it happens. We have to talk ourselves off of ledges sometimes to say, Oh, I can't believe I said that. Or what was I thinking? And when a guest freezes up, I think the biggest thing, you know, that I would say is it's my job to make them feel, to make them feel comfortable and to make them feel okay, because it is okay to mess up. It's okay to stumble your words. It's okay to go completely blank. Um, I, I know it's hard, but just plow right through. And the biggest piece of advice is don't dwell on it publicly. So if you do mess up and you're live and you have to keep going, don't shrink down and say, oh my gosh, I'm so stupid. Oh, I can't believe I said that. Or I'm totally freezing up right now. Just try, just try and get your brain to just reset a little bit. Take a second and be like, okay, I'm human and carry on. So whatever you say, don't go back and dwell on it keep on keeping on. I think that was my quote last time. You're going to have to just keep moving and it is okay. Like for the most part, you know, there's memes that'll go around. People mess up. There's obviously videos when, you know, you're a huge political figure or something, but guess what? We are not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things. If we're putting ourselves out there, Um, there's not going to be a lot of backlash of, wow, she made a mistake or she messed up or she seemed nervous for the most part. People don't know you're nervous. Don't call attention to it. There are days I am four years into doing this every single day in my life. Like this is my job every day. And there are days when I'm like, my hands are shaking. My chest is red. My mind is blank. Like there are still days. So even if it's an Instagram live, no matter what you're doing, you know, to help your business or to put your face out there or to just try and get used to it, you just have to do it. Like, just don't worry so much and know that you're not alone when it comes to being nervous. And the more that you do it and the more, the less that you think about it, the better it's going to be. So I don't know if there's any like real 
how to's with it because I've really, I've had to listen to people when I started in TV or when I changed roles or, you know, if I'm interviewing a doctor and I know nothing about it and I don't want to sound like an idiot, it's the things that really help calm me down is to just remember, like, I'm only human and it's all going to be okay and no lives are on the line right now, right here and give yourself the grace to just go with the flow and do it. And if you mess up, it's still going to be okay. There are still opportunities to do this a million more times. And don't do things until it's perfect either. Like if you're taking an Insta video of yourself or if you're, you know, trying to record a video, you will kill yourself doing it, you know, over and over and over until every word is perfect. And then you're going to sound like a robot and then it's just not going to come out in a natural way. So what I would say is almost always the first take is the best, but don't do more than three takes. Like never, ever do more than three takes because it's just going to go downhill. I am so glad you mentioned that. Thank you so much. As soon as you started (laughs) saying that sentence, I was like, I was exhausted just thinking about it. I've been so guilty (laughs) of that before too, doing like 10 takes. And then by the end, you're Mm. like perfect, but it's like deflated and it's robotic. And who the hell wants that? Like what kind of energy is that? Right. And then you go back to the first one and you're like, Oh, the first one wasn't that bad. (laughs) I love what you, there's so many golden nuggets in here. I love what you said. Don't dwell on it publicly because I, after doing that whole thing that we just described there, I finally started keeping my bloopers in and no, I don't Uh sit there and dwell on it. I don't talk about it. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I made a mistake. I can't believe I sound like that. I'm just like, did I just say that? And then I move on because I'm like, that's me. That's real. It's not worth me exhausting myself and trying to act like some perfect person that I am not. And people are either (laughs) going to resonate with my personality or they will not. And that's okay because your people will find you. And I, and also, would you say that, you know, don't mistakes humanize you too stuff? Absolutely. Well, I mean, this is a huge part of our role is let yourself just be yourself because anytime that I'm put in a box of any sort, I'm not myself. I'm uncomfortable and it's weird. And so my boss luckily says, just do you (laughs) like be yourself and make those mistakes and be okay with it or leave the dishes on the counter before whatever makes you not perfect. People are going to like that even more because they're going to find a part of them in you and relate to you a lot more than they are some Stepford wife who's robotic and saying, I have the most clean house and my hair is perfect. And I speak just perfectly everything I say. Like there's not, there's no reality in that. And people know that like being so scripted and having, you know, every hair in place is boring. It's boring. I love that you said that. I love (laughs) that you said that. I love that you said that. It's boring people. It's boring. boring. So just do you like stuff said, do you. And also, that's right. And so you said, give yourself grace or you'll obsess over everything and mess up. You will be okay. I absolutely love that. I'm going to use that all the time. Mess up. You'll be okay. It's It's just, yeah. It's so like, uh, the truth will set you free. Mess up people. It's okay. And by messing up, you will learn to not make those same mistakes again. Also very absolutely (laughs) It's always great too. Like there are days where... I feel like I am absolutely dying inside during a segment. And I think this is the worst. This is the worst. I don't even know what had just happened in the last, let's say five minutes of that segment. And I have always made myself go back and rewatch them because I don't, I don't think like, Oh, a segment went great. I'm going to rewatch that every time a segment makes me die inside and makes me very uncomfortable. I will go back and rewatch it because it is never ever, never once have I been like, oh, that is definitely as bad as I thought it was. It is always better than you thought it went. And people can't tell that you are slowly dying inside for the most part. So totally refreshing, (laughs) but then you also do learn, you learn what's made you kind of trigger to feel that way. Like maybe, I don't know, you said something that you'll never say again. Cause then you're like, well, it wasn't that bad actually, but I know not to say that, or I know not to look that way, or I know, you know, not to what, whatever it is, whatever it is that made you feel like you're slowly dying in that moment. And that was the worst mistake of your life. 
go back and watch it. it won't be that bad and then you won't you'll likely learn from it not that you won't do it again because you might but that is great advice that is great advice i love that i hope everybody has a notepad out right now if you don't you need to rewind it because i know uh that everybody everybody is doing this right now everybody's online everybody's watching people online to figure out what they should be doing mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody's yeah. just trying to figure it out and that's okay guys Uh, Now, this is another question that I personally have, and I, and because I have it, I am inclined to think that a lot of other people have it too, because there's so many people like us that have their identity, who they are out Mm -hmm. there on the interweb, on social media, and then they have their personality and or brand. And sometimes those two things kind of blend together such Mm -hmm. as your profile where you are Stephanie, the Stephanie that we all know and we love, like you're talking to me right now. You Mm -hmm. are you authentically on social media, but you are also your brand and you have it under one social media. um, What am I trying to say? Channel. Uh-huh. name, tag, whatever. And for me, I did that for a long time with my, my name. I just put everything under Gentry Quinn. And mm-hmm. then at some point I'm like, you know what? Sometimes I want to maybe say stuff that might not be a hundred percent and not. Okay. I don't want this to be misconstrued when I say in sure. line with my brand that might be misconstrued to say that I'm trying to make my brand be something that I'm not, which is totally not the case at all. But the brand sure. had it like it stands for something that's very concise. And mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes I might want to talk about other things, but sure. my brand and I don't want to confuse people. So I know there's a tons of people out there that they have, they have their, you know, their profile. And then now they are, I'm just giving an example. Now they're selling essential oils or whatever mm-hmm. it is. So Basically, I'm, I'm, this is a long-winded way of asking, how do you merge yourself with your personality online? Can you give us any tips for that? Do you ever feel like you can't post something on your personal page because of your personal or because of your TV personality that's associated with it? Yes. Um, so there's kind of two parts to that where I'm thinking, I... I only know how to be who I am. So I am very bad at just branding myself to like, here's who I am specifically. And this is who I'm going to brand myself to my Instagram and the world. And I see so many girls doing it beautifully, but I, I can't, I'll be honest. I can't, I would mess that one up. I also don't want the same uh, filter on every picture and I don't want to be, you know, too in line ever. I'm sort of like, I kind of go between a weird I don't know, just, is this a work thing? Is this a Steph thing? So I'm fortunate enough to have a job where I can mold, you know, all of my activities, my personality, you know, what I like to eat and drink and do and garden and my husband and stuff. I can, I can kind of roll that all into one. However, I have opinions on things that I typically, I mean, I probably wouldn't put on social media anyway, because I just don't, I don't like to really stir the pot when it comes to social media. I'm not interested in actually even reading other people's opinions for the most part. I keep it pretty soft online. Um, But I also couldn't say and do certain things because I'm quote unquote, a public figure. And I think that a lot of people run into that with their quote unquote, representing a brand. So of course you want to keep yourself in line with that brand as possible. But I don't have, I don't have like a dueling kind of personality when it comes to that, because my job and my real life are melded. I have to go to work and tell people what I did on the weekend or how my vacation was or something, because they feel like they know me. And honestly, they do. Um, However, when I'm doing like videos and things for Instagram, I tend to still have what I would call like my TV voice or something, just because there's an entertainer that would maybe come out when the camera goes on that isn't as boring or chilled out or whatever as maybe my off camera personality. So that might be the only thing I, I have to sort of keep in check is like, if I were doing a lot of videos and stuff, 
is, it is more for work. It is more to show maybe my work audience because it is more of an entertainment platform for me. But on the outside of things, I, I probably keep a pretty low profile on anything else that I want to discuss or share that I couldn't show to my work audience. Um, whereas I think someone like you, like you are doing a beauty brand or if someone is doing like, like you said, an essential oil brand, or if someone is, I have a really good friend who is all barbecue, like her brand is barbecue. She can't share, you know, beauty tips on her barbecue channel. You can't necessarily share, well, you could share cooking tips or something, but you wouldn't all of a sudden go hardcore into your new hobby of barbecue (laughs) on your beauty channel, right? (laughs) Right. So I, I think just with people finding their voice outside of what they do and kind of putting the two together, I, my, my first inclination to say would be like, you do, if you are branding yourself a certain way, it is pretty important to keep that brand true to your audience. Like share the things on your social site that are for your audience. And the only other way to get outside of that. And what I see a lot of people do, especially like in my line of work, because I don't have a lot of boundaries, but reporters have a lot of boundaries. Anchors in news have a lot of boundaries. So they have their own personal profiles and then they have their TV branded profiles. And those you don't let friends or followers in who aren't in your inner small circle. Um, So there are a lot of like double profiles going on out there. And I think that's really fair. I can't even keep up with like the one profile I have. So I, I have to keep it. I do. I have to keep it where I'm like, I'm doing this basically for work. Like the other day I shared, you know, a a picture of me holding a bag of coffee. They were a client. They are a client of the show, but I personally loved what this woman stand was stood for, what her brand was. So I was like, I'm sharing this with my crew because I like her. It wasn't because work made me do it. So I could meld what I personally like versus like what I'm paid to do. So I'm not the best at giving like, here's the advice and how to keep it separate. But I am someone who would, could probably give the advice on saying like, I see it being separate. And I believe in that separation. If you are branding something pretty strongly, because you can't confuse your audience. Like all of a sudden, if I was like some straight laced, uh, I don't know, like, like I can't even think of who I would be if I wasn't me but if I was <laughs> I don't know like, hey that says a lot about you actually it says a lot about you I love that I actually can't think of someone if I was just pretending to be who I was and not that I'm pretend not that anyone's pretending with their brand or something but if here's what I'm preaching every day you got to practice that for your audience because my audience knows me as one person and that what you see is what you get so if I have a separate side to that where I don't want t- people who watch me on TV to know, like I could keep my family life private or something, you know, and there's a lot I just don't share in general. But if I wanted to keep something private, I would have like a separate channel for that, a separate account, even a separate website. Like you could do, you know, Gentry Quinn on the grill or something, but, the but there's, well, you know, there, there's might. a whole other business like a whole other arm, but don't confuse your audience. So you have to keep it separate if you are two different people online. Yeah. That's a great, it totally makes sense. Everything makes sense. Don't confuse your audience. (laughs) That's the actual golden nugget right there. I think that's so important. Um, Like you were alluding to, you know, you have to be mindful of what you're putting out to your ideal customers. There's no right or wrong answer here. Like you do you just as you say, but you do have to be mindful of that. If you do have a brand, because if you confuse your audience, you lose your audience. Yes. Put it that way. Okay. So an example would be, I have my Gentry Quinn, who I am, which is I post whatever I want. A lot of the time Mm -hmm. it's still skincare because I'm the skincare person, but 
And some days it's the exact same thing that, you know, what I put on Gentry Quinn makeup will be the exact same video. And sometimes I think thinking, is that a little redundant? I'm like, no, I mean, at the end of the Mm -hmm. day, this is me. You know what I mean? If it's redundant, it's because it's me. But however, when I post a picture of me and my animal, if it's not relating to skincare, I'm probably not going to put it on my brand page because that's not really serving my audience. Right. It's not really something that's going to help them. And I always, you always want to think like, how are you serving and helping your audience when you have a brand? So what you're saying is actually very insightful and very important. And I appreciate you mentioning that. Now, were you going to say something? I, well, <laughs> always going to say something. Give, but... it to me. Give it to me. But basically, I, I think that there's also a position where like every once in a while, like allow little nuggets where your followers could get to know you more if you are, are, you know, doing a certain brand. So you with your animal wouldn't be like every other picture or every other thing, but it is important for them to like attach to you in a different way. Now for me, I'm in the unique position of that's my only job is just to connect to an audience who just need to know my life or my lifestyle. But for skincare, I think it's fair to still do a picture of you and your dog to say, here's who I am. And here's a little nugget of what I love. And here's a skincare tip or something. So something like that to say, when you go off the beaten path, it is okay, but not all the time. Like let, let people know a little bit more about you here and there, but unless you're just a full on all encompassing lifestyle brand, keep it, you know, pretty specific for the most part. So like an 80, 20 rule. That was, that was actually really, really good. I'm so glad that you said that because you're 100% right. And I really overlooked that when I was talking about the brand, because people, the number one thing for everybody listening that people need to acquire is trust. Mm -hmm. And the only way to build the trust is for people, for you to show up consistently and for people to feel like they truly know who they're buying from. Now we're going to take like the really large corporate people and brands out of this conversation. We're talking about small businesses and independent contractors and stuff like that, personalities um, online and otherwise. But I think that's really important and meaningful to every once in a while pop in and like, say, here's a behind the scenes look of who Mm -hmm. I really am and my family or my partner, my animals or whatever it is. So I'm glad you brought that up because that is really important. And I, I wouldn't want people to think otherwise. So, you know, this is kind of a big question. So are you ready? I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you hate that when someone's like, I have something to tell you. (laughs) And you're just like, great. And you have like five (laughs) seconds of like severe anxiety. Okay. So what is one of your biggest takeaways from this whole situation in 2020? Great question. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Okay. So what I oddly did just sit down and like read. So every once in a while I do a journal entry and I used to like live and die by my journal. I was a kid who grew up like always journaling until my mom read it one time and I was devastated. So I took several years off and now I'm sort of back to it. And I really like gotten to know myself through my own journaling. And I find that when I'm like in a better place in my life, I don't do it as often. So I really don't, I have to kind of force myself to now. It's not as much of like a regular practice, but as crappy as this year has been, as much as we all like to say like 2020 is for the dogs, this is the worst. Godzilla is coming next. Like all the things are horrible. I just read a journal entry from like the very beginning of the year. It was maybe it was New Year's Eve. It was probably New Year's Eve before like Rosie and I spent New Year's Eve night at the Four Seasons and we swear like (laughs) whatever we did that night, like really put everything into it. A terrible turn for 2020. So we were constantly joking about how do we reverse (laughs) our crazy night at four seasons. And I think everyone sort of has that story of like, I just had such like an optimistic view for this year. Anyway, I wrote down before, it must've been before I went out that night, 
like what I wanted for this year. And then I closed the book on it and just went on with this year. And, you know, we've been riding some waves, like everyone. And I have to say, like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm fortunate. I am in one of the most fortunate positions of my life where I'm still working. I'm doing what I love. And even though I'm doing it from home, like, and as hard as it's been and as much like as many sleepless nights as I've had. And as much as like, I wake up thinking there's a camera in my face in my bedroom, like all the things there's so many good things that have happened from that. So I have kind of gone the last couple months between thinking like, Holy cow, what is this year? And the things that, you know, I haven't shared with the world have happened that are terrible things that like the world knows about that are terrible have all happened. But I went back and I looked at what I wrote in this journal and it was all about connecting deeper with people, getting to know even my husband, like spending more time with my husband, spending more time with my dogs, like grounding myself back into my own life and not, you know, living and dying by my TV job or what, you know, what's going to go into the show the next day. Um, some of it was, you know, some financial goals and some of it was just like actually getting into a place where I'm okay with me. I don't have to be like working out every day or like be this big, you know, there's no painted picture of who I have to be. And then focusing more on family. So all of these things I went back to read the other day, I was like, Oh, <gasps> 2020 actually provided like I was like what this is crazy like I could actually translate a lot of these moments into things that I sort of put out into the universe and asked for at the beginning of the year and yes there have been plenty of like can I swear on this podcast sure <laughs> can go I for say, it oh, can sure. I say, oh, yes, yes. Like, there have been a lot of oh shit moments there have been a lot of you know, what the hell is happening kind of thing. But in hindsight, like I've learned to adapt, go with the flow of like what, you know, what this world has brought for this year with doing a TV show from my house. Like I've learned to, you know, love my dogs even more. I've learned to grow a garden. I've learned to be happier in simpler spots. I don't spend money frivolously. I'm not like out shopping because I can't be to like, just fill, you know, some boredom or something. Like there's a lot of things I've learned to just grow and do at home and like appreciate with where I am, what I'm surrounded by and things. So I would say like one of my biggest takeaways from this whole entire thing is to like, just be content with where I am and who I am because there's so much goodness in like what I'm actually surrounded by in my home. Like no matter how many hardships have come my way, like I've really gotten to know myself better, my dogs better, my husband better, my friends better. Like my mom, I talked to her for two hours the other night and I don't typically have time to do that. I'm on the road. I'm driving places. I'm going to events, you know? So not to say I want to be stuck in this weird year forever, but there are some major bonuses that it has really added to my life and some ways that, you know, I mean, my garden has been a huge saving grace and a big part of my life every day and like to watch something grow and to develop those skills. And then like cooking, like I've learned to, you know, man a grill. Can you say it? I don't know. Like, I've learned a woman to grill. <laughs> like I've got <laughs> a smoker where I smoke meat. Like there's, there's so many different things where I'm like, what, who knew that this would be like a passion of mine. So overall embracing the weirdness of this year has really been like a good reflection point of saying there's so many good outcomes and it has been hard and it has sucked and not, you know, covering events or like our livelihood is actually supposed to be covering what's happening in Austin, not like what restaurants are closing down or who can we like scramble and help support, you know, and it's really kind of a weird, could be viewed as depressing turn, but I've really tried to focus on let's, let's just bring a little nugget of happiness to everyone on TV every day. 
And I think overall, like all of my nerves aside of my ever-changing like live TV appearance and setup and all the crazy stuff that's happening that people don't see, as long as I can get that out there, then I find myself to be very, very lucky. So I think I've seen a lot of growth in other people as well and in weird little ways. And so I, I don't know. I, I hope this doesn't last for a lot longer because I am ready for a change again. But I now look back and I see that a lot of great stuff is actually risen from the ashes of 2020. <laughs> I love so what you said. One that. thing, I don't know. I don't know if that's nailing down one thing, but that's kind of like my thought process or story around it. And so weird that you just asked me that because had you asked like a week or two ago, I wouldn't have read that journal entry and I wouldn't have realized like, like, yeah, I realized like how much cool stuff has actually happened here and there, like the garden and the cooking and the dogs and, you know, time with Aaron and watching through all of Netflix and all of Disney and whatever. But I wouldn't have realized that the things I actually asked for at the beginning of the year would have only been made possible had this all sort of happened the way that it did. So I wish you, you know. could see my arms right now because it just, you just totally gave me chills. I just, Ooh, my whole girl. arms are just full. <laughs> you really, you really have. So, I mean, I really want to thank you for sharing that because it's so insightful Uh, you know, about going with the flow and being content and how, you know, you have still been given, given everything that you asked for just in a different way. And I Mm -hmm. I think that's an important message. I think that often time things do come to us that way. They're packaged differently. They're not packaged the way maybe that we thought that they were going to be, but when we unwrap them, we can still find the beauty. And I think that 2020 has really given a lot of us the space and time to find out, you know, who we are and Mm -hmm. what we really want. I know I've mentioned it before in previous episodes, but when you're always going and going and you never have time to really breathe and think it's hard to sometimes make those changes that we need to make for ourselves. So I'm, I'm with you. I'm not, you know, I, I'm looking forward to the day, obviously that this has, that this, you know, subsides, but at the same time, I'm able to see those silver linings. And I think if I'm not wrong, that a lot of people listening, I mean, like 90 something percent of people listening are going to identify this regardless of what losses they've had, mm-hmm. what jobs they've lost, what, you know, com- just, just regardless of what their situation mm-hmm. is. I think a lot of people are going to identify with a lot of what you said and finding those silver linings in there. So thank you again for sharing that. That was, um, that was really awesome. And, you know, I always have to ask before we go, I got to ask, what's one of your favorite quotes and why? And you always give us such fun ones. So no pressure or anything, no pressure. No, no pressure. So you, you did give me the heads up on this, like, Oh, I'm going to ask you that again. So thank you for that. Um, and I actually, immediately was like, I got to use this one. But before I tell you, I want to clear up something. Um, I did have confirmation. If, if you didn't listen to our last podcast and maybe go back and listen to it, but I'll catch you up on it. My, like the whole live, love, laugh. And I wasn't sure if that's what my tattoo said or not. Oh my (laughs) God. This is so funny. So funny. Yes. So just to catch folks up, if they didn't listen or don't remember or whatever, um, I did say, you know, when I was 18, like loved the whole live, love, laugh thing. So I do have a, what we call now a tramp stamp tattoo. And I wasn't (laughs) sure if it said live, love, laugh. I need to confirm it says love and it has angel wings around the word love and like a little halo over it. So it is not live, love, laugh. It is is equally as, you know, kind of unfortunate, but it's fine. So that (laughs) That was just something I wanted to clear up because I told my husband the story of like, (laughs) I don't even know what my tattoo says. Um, But my last quote from, you know, our our last one, when you asked me this was from Joe Dirt, the movie Joe Dirt. um, And it was keep on keeping on, right? Yes. So you asked me this. And I was out in my garden. And so I was like, how fitting. I might as well just continue Joe Dirt's theme. 
and use the quote, life's a garden, dig it. Ooh, I like that. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) It's also one that I've always sort of like laughed and, you know, we have kind of said, I need a t-shirt that says it or something, but it is from you know, the great David Spade movie of Joe Dirt, one of my faves. And he has some really stellar, you know, redneck sort of themes in there. Some really great little nuggets of info. So this will tie back into where I was when you asked me and and really how I think about life now that I'm a a self-proclaimed gardener is life's a garden ticket. It's what you make it, right? That is so true. That's it, right? That's so true. <laughs> yeah. So as profound as you want to think of through that one, that's that's what you get today. I'll let you all marinate on that once again. <laughs> our famous quote, one of our famous quotes from Stephanie Gilbert, <laughs> life's a garden, dig it. I personally <laughs> love it. It's making me smile so much. Uh, thank you for sharing that with us. And of course. I, and also the story about the tattoo, because I was going to... I was going to be wondering about that. Um, yeah. Didn't, but, didn't want that to, you know, be something that you were thinking about years and years to come. No. What, what is it really say stuff? So, but I th- like the love with the <laughs> angel wings. I think that's, that's, uh, that's way better, cuter. It's, it's, it's very 18 of me. I did design the tattoo. So I actually drew and designed the whole thing, but it doesn't mean that, you know, it's the, my most favorite thing I've ever done in my life, but it's fine. It's listen, (laughs) listen, love never goes out of style. So let's just leave it at that. Okay. Let's just leave it at that. I love it. And Stephanie, thank you so much again for spending all this time with us today, because I truly love your energy. It's so contagious. It's so inspiring. We are having fun listening and learning from you. And for our listeners, y'all can connect with Stephanie as always on IG. It's stephaniegilbert.tv and tune in weekdays to catch uh, her on KXAN live on Studio 512 from 11 to noon. You may also watch the live recorded version, if you haven't already, of our second interview on YouTube. Just Google Gentry Quinn and we'll include all of these nuggets and our show notes, of course. Thanks for taking the time to spend it with us today. And remember, the more you know, the more you glow. Until next time, my friend. Ciao for now. Bye.